started, aren't we? <laughs> we'll do some more than you do. Hey, uh, is, does anybody have anything for we go to the Lord's Prayer? Uh, well, it's good to have Louise back.
let's look at another one right here. Let's look to page uh, 338. This is going to put the guys on the spot right here. 338. <coughs>
great song right there. Great job, guys. Great yeah. job. <laughs> Yesterday we came up here, uh, Vanessa and Bo and I, and, and uh, we've done a, we just practiced a little bit. And uh, but anyhow, we Bo asked Bo asked to sing his song right here. And we're gonna do this right here. Look at page 562. 562.
to say that um, I'd like to, uh, for y'all to pray for me. I, I've been having voice problems since the 1st of December, but uh, it kind of came back yesterday when we were practicing, and it's, it's kind of going in and out. So y'all don't listen to the way that uh, I do it, but these guys do it, and uh, y'all just pray for me. And it, this is a good song, and uh, yesterday things were different.
Child of King, yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Child of King. Get this lovely wife you're up there, son. This is one of my favorite songs, and uh, when I was lucky enough that these guys asked me to sing with them, this was the first song I asked Chris if we could do. And, um, you know, on March the 3rd, 1969, I became a child of the king. Amen. I was covered by his blood. And, um, this song just means so much to me. So I'll pray for us.
so thrilled to hear both say amen let's get right. as he is today amen. and uh, so we're going to start this little thing on wednesday night it's called practice <laughs> <laughs> and we are what do you call it physical therapy voice physical therapy so we're going we'll just be uh, they'll be doing great by then <laughs>
Anybody got anything they need to do? A song? Testimony? Hey, Brother Steve, I'd like to give a praise report. Sure. Um, when I came out of surgery, I, all I could move was my head. And uh, Brother Scott and Sister Julie's daughter took care of me for a couple of days. And, uh, and now um, the physical therapists have, have got me up there. I'm hanging a harness and... Uh, I'm starting to walk again. Amen. And uh, that the track that the harness runs on is about 30 feet long. And Thursday, I did three trips down. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. It 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 ain't like I'm you know Usain Bolt and running down it, and I need lots of help. But it just feels good Amen. and a blessing of the Lord yes, for me to be upright and and putting one foot in front of the other. Amen. And I just want to thank the Lord today and thank y'all for your prayers. But uh, I've still got a long way, and uh, but I'm going to get there. Amen. Uh, I'll, I'll get to where the Lord wants me to be, and and I'll praise God. I'll uh, I'll, I'll deal. With Deal with that in the way he would have me to. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. Boy, I needed that praise report this morning. Amen. It's good to see each one of you that's made your way over to the house of God. Good to have our visitors with us today. And I love you, each and every one of you. I want you to make yourself at home. And I trust that the Spirit of the Lord has already touched you this morning. And if it hadn't, well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I can feel the moving of him around the, around the, the, the congregation this morning. So I appreciate that. And, uh, and, and I love each and every one of you. And I want to thank you for being here today. One of these days, just like... Um, Brother Michael said, one of these days, we're going to have a house full. I've just Amen. got to thinking about all those that are out today. And let's continue to remember uh, uh, the Puckets and the Holmes and uh, uh, the Garners and Patsy and Lisa and uh, Brother Mark. And I'm sure I'm, I tried to jot these down as I thought about them, but I'm sure I'm forgetting some. But let's, let's remember uh, all of them and and um, but I'm thankful you're here today, and, and, and hope that you uh, that you received the blessing out of being here today. And I need your prayers for just a few minutes uh, while we try to do that. That God would have us to do. If you'll turn in your Bibles to the hundred and seventh Psalm, uh, Psalms one o seven, and I'd like to read to us a few verses here of Scripture, and. Um, kind of uh, uh, dwell on the thought, kind of an unusual thought. I've always said as long as Brother, Brother Jeff Landers is around, I don't have to worry about having the most odd uh, peculiar thoughts. But, uh, but uh, today, uh, God's given me this, and, and it's going, going public with a personal thing. And I want you to think about that just for a little bit, going public with a personal thing. And somebody might say, well, preacher, you sure are meddling right off the bat. 
Uh, but uh, as we get into this, I hope that you can see what the Lord has shown me in this and that it might be a help to you. Um, and, and, um, uh, and, and while we're talking about personal things, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is our, our medical records, I guess, would be we would consider very personal. Um, uh, our social security number, uh, we certainly wouldn't go around advertising that uh, to anybody. We would consider that personal. The Privacy Act that was uh, instituted some years ago, which I'm not crazy about, but uh, uh, it uh, went over and beyond to protect people's privacy uh, uh, from somebody that didn't need to get their information. I remember not long after it came out, I was pastoring a church and I just got there as pastor and one of the church members, a lady, uh, Miss Faye Shedd, had got put in the hospital and uh, over in Coleman and I uh, and, uh, went over there to see her uh, and she was fixing to have a surgery and I went over there to check on her and I remember going to the receptionist there in the atrium of the hospital and I said, uh, I'm here to see Faye Shedd and I just need to know what room she's in and I'd like to pray with her before she has surgery. And uh, she pulled up on her computer and she said, uh, give me a full name. And I said, Faye Shedd. And she said, give me your full name. And, and I thought, here we go. And uh, so uh, I said, she's got gray hair. She's a little woman. <laughs> and she's fixing to have this done back here. And uh, uh, she said, well, I can't help you. You're going to have to give me more information now. Well, I knew she was seeing on her screen face she and She just wasn't seeing the full name there. And I thought, let's quit playing games. Give me her room number and let me get up there and see her. But cell phones were not as popular as they are today. And I, I remember trying to get bar phone or whatever and call somebody in the church that knew her full name. And I called somebody and they said, oh, oh, if they shed. And I said, thank you. I said, thank you. And I went back to that lady and I was kind of angry about it. I said, oh, if they shed. <laughs> and she, uh, and she, uh, I said, okay, I'll give you a minute. <laughs> but, but, but privacy is a thing that and I can understand. You got a lot of crazy people that's looking for somebody's hospital room that would go in there and do crazy things. And, and I understand that. But to us that are trying to do right, it sure is a hindrance and aggravating. But, but getting back to uh, going public uh, 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 with, a, with, 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 with something private or something personal today. And I want just to read here what the psalmist has to say here in the 107th Psalm. He said, Give thanks unto the Lord, for he's good, for his mercy endureth forever. It said, Let, us, uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, what <clears throat> meant Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. 
For he satisfieth the longing soul, and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of the darkness and out of the shadow of death and broke their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works uh, to the children of men. You see where I'm going with this now, don't you? For he hath broken uh, the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them uh, from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. And, and I'd like to go back and read to you one more time the second verse. And it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And if, for just a few minutes, I'd, I'd like to dwell just for a few minutes about I go in public with a personal thing, and I want you to I think about that. Now, in my opinion, and this is just strictly my opinion, I feel like there's nothing more personal than a person's salvation. I, I, I have no business trying to tell you you're not saved or you're saved. I'm not in that business. I don't have that authority. That's between you and the good Lord today. So uh, uh, we'll get that understood right off the bat. Now the Bible says uh, that we'll know a tree uh, by the fruit that it bears. Amen. He said uh, a good tree can't bring forth evil fruit, neither can an evil tree bring forth good fruit. So he puts us on this earth maybe to be fruit graders, but we're not judges today. So I've had a lot of uh, folks that uh, didn't appear to me to put off uh, very much uh, good fruit, but uh, still and yet, brother, it's not my place uh, to tell them that they don't know the Lord uh, and the free pardon of sin. Uh, uh, but what I'd like to do uh, uh, is preach the gospel uh, in a way uh, uh, that the Holy Spirit had come down uh, and let a person know uh, exactly where they are with God, uh, uh, whether they're saved uh, or whether they're lost yeah. today. Uh, and so I begin to think about that uh, as we look uh, and we realize uh, that salvation uh, is a personal thing uh, uh, between you and the Lord. Uh, I remember struggling one time uh, after I got saved uh, uh, because I didn't come down to an old-fashioned altar uh, in a church house and get it. Uh, and the devil 
You ain't got it. But I'm going to tell you something today. Wherever you come in contact with the Holy Spirit and you believe to the same of your soul, it can be in a junkyard or a trash pile or in the biggest church in America. But wherever you get it, you got it. Amen. Amen. The Apostle Paul got his on the road to Damascus. Of all things, he was going out there to terrorize on board of the Christians. Amen. And a great light shone. Got his attention. Amen. He wasn't ashamed of it. He went public with it. And he began to tell folks what God had done for him. It was already mentioned, I believe, by Brother Michael in Sunday school, that when Paul referred to sinners, he said, In whom I am chief. Amen. So what Paul was saying is no matter who I'm preaching to out there, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter what you've done that you think is beyond God's capability of saving you, Paul let them know, amen, I'm chief over that. Amen. I'm sinner over that. And he saved me. He'll save you. Praise God today, I'm so glad. Don't it just, you know, I believe the angels in heaven rejoice and sing anytime somebody comes and gets saved. I believe they do. But, but don't it just, can't you just see the miracle in somebody whose society has, has tossed to the side, amen, and, and, and nobody has anything good to say about them. They have made a, they have made a life of being a burden on society. And I'm not being ugly. They have made their life on just being a burden on society. Amen. And in and, and our carnal mind, and mine included, the first thing we think is uh, uh, they're just trouble to everybody. Amen. But every now and again, <laughs> you wonder why you hear more folks saved in prison than you do in the church house. I'll tell you why. Because those folks have time to sit there and dwell about what they've done. They've got time to read their Bible. And thank God there's some men of God that will get out and take their time out of their schedule. And they'll go to the jail houses. And they'll go to the prisons. And they'll preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And those prisoners, after they hear that, they go back to their jail cell. And they sit there looking at the bars with nothing to do and all of a sudden that condemnation comes down upon them, amen, and they can't help but believe in Jesus Christ to the saving of their soul. Amen. And he, boy, I rejoice when I hear that. Now the devil say, think about what they've done. <laughs> think about the reason that they're there. Might have been my family that they terrorized. Amen. Might have been your child that they gave drugs to and got them started on drugs. I'm going to tell you something today. Them angels that rejoiced when I got saved, they were rejoicing every time one of them was saved. Amen. We ought to be glad in that. Amen. And boy, I've heard people come. I'm talking about hardened criminals. Amen. That had been in, the, that had been in prison for a long time and used to work with one. But I've seen them, and, uh, and I've seen God soften their old hard heart. Amen. 
And boy, they'd, they'd come out and after they were, that after the judge figured that they had been reformed enough that they could go back out and be productive in society, they let them go back out there, amen. And boy, they couldn't help but just go around and tell about what God had done for them, amen. They'll tell you like the Apostle Paul said. They'll tell you how sorry they was. Amen. They'll even, some will even go as far as to tell you what they did to get thrown into prison. Amen. But they won't fail to tell you and go public with the fact that Jesus saved their soul, made a difference in their life. Amen. And now they're up praising the Lord today. Amen. Amen. The Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Amen. Well, preacher, I'm not quite as loud and boisterous as you are. I'm glad you are. Well, let me say this. The world needs for us to come out of private right. and get into public. Amen. 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 Right. Amen. Don't, don't let your employer tell you to keep your religious beliefs to yourself. Amen. Well, the preacher, I gotta have a job. Let me tell you something today. You can let that light shine everywhere you go. That's right. Everywhere you go. I don't feel really at home when uh, I'm down there at one of them lodges after a hunt and uh, they invite me to stay and eat. And uh, the alcohol begins to start flowing and men start drinking and, and when people start drinking, they start saying things that they wouldn't say when they're not drinking. I don't feel uh, real comfortable in that atmosphere. If it gets pretty bad, I'll leave. But I can let my light shine. They're not gonna stop me from saying I love Jesus today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm gonna tell you today, it's time we go public with a private thing. You know, Brother James Page, y'all have heard, heard him just about any time he's over here. He's either going to testify or preach, and I appreciate that. But Brother James, after he got saved, he struggled with something. And he would come to the altar as a young man. He, he, he don't mind me saying this. He'd tell you that. He'd come to the altar as a young man, and he'd pray and, and just beat his head on the altar, and people would come up and pray with him, and and he'd step there right smart and he'd go back to, and it seemed like he didn't ever get what he was going up there to get. And, uh, and one day, Brother Jimmy Wadsworth, I believe who it was, Brother Jimmy got down there with him. And he said, uh, he said, James, what's your problem? You keep coming to the altar and you keep coming up here and you, and you, uh, you just seem to go back with nothing and, and uh, said, uh, uh, said, you've told me you've been saved. What, what's the deal? What's the problem? He said, I don't know, Brother Jimmy. I just got something that's bothering me. And Brother Jimmy Wadsworth, in his wisdom, you always have to be careful what you say to somebody in the altar, but with his wisdom, he said, James, have you ever confessed to the church that the Lord saved you? Have you ever told the church about it? He said, if you got it, why don't you tell somebody? He said, he stood up, tears come down his eyes. He said, I've been saved. I've been saved. And ever since then, you ain't been able to hush Brother James up. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you 
something today. When you come out of your shell and start proclaiming Jesus Christ as your Savior today, don't be ashamed of it, but stand on it today. You'll draw more people towards the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Believe that with all my heart. Believe it with all my heart. And I remember uh, one time I was called to help in a revival and uh, not to help in a revival, to moderate one. Church didn't have a pastor. Never will forget it. And, uh, and uh, they uh, called and asked me if I would come and moderate a week revival for them. And said, we've already got our helper and everything. We just need somebody to moderate. And, and, uh, and I love that little church. And I said, well, I'll be glad to. I'll do my best. I'll be glad to. So I come over there and uh, I met Brother Neil Ford for the first time. He was their evangelist. And uh, Brother Neil... Uh, was real quiet and he sat like this and uh, and uh, I sat down there beside him and, and I, I knew his daddy and known his daddy for a long time and I said uh, I said uh, buddy I'm I'm praying for you and I put my arm around him and he looked at me and said and uh, and uh, I, so I just kept trying to strike up conversation with him and and uh, I said it's gonna be all right brother church loves you God loves you you're gonna be all right and uh, he looked you look back down, and I thought, boy, you better come out of your shell if you fix me get up here, because you're going to be in bad shape. And, uh, and I kept trying to talk to him there, and, uh, and uh, directly, it come time to turn it over to him. And I said, uh, church, we've got Brother Neil forward here. I want you to pray for him. He's fixing to come up here and give you what God give him. And, and I thought to myself, boy, I hope he gives the church more he gave me. And uh, uh, little old fellow, he got up there. Amen. He had a wife and some kids. Uh, he got up there and he opened his Bible and he read the scripture. He didn't hoot and holler and shout and run around. Uh, but he read the scripture and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost came down upon him and he began to preach with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. He began to laugh. He began to get happy, amen. I said that not to say this. He was stuck on wearing a shell for a little while, but after God got a hold yeah. of him, amen, he took that private matter and he went public with it, amen. Yeah. Amen. Later on, his daddy told me, I said, what's the deal with Neil? And uh, his daddy told me, he said, it's a funny thing. He said, for Neil, from the time he was a little boy, he said, I raised three boys. From the time he was a little boy, said he's always been like that. He said, uh, we'd be driving down the road. He said, you, you boys want to go somewhere and get something to eat? That'll be okay. You know, just, it was his, that was his demeanor. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. When God got a hold of him, it came out. It came out. Let me encourage you today. Let me encourage you today. Preacher, I don't want to make a fool of myself. When that gets to bubbling up inside you so much that you can't contain it, amen, that you can't contain it, let it out. Just let it out. Tell somebody about it. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Amen. I used to take an F in school, or would have taken an F. The teachers were generous. But I would have taken an F to keep from getting up in front of the class and having to say something. I didn't like doing that, Roger. I didn't. And, and uh, 
I always dreaded my stomach would get upset and I'd go to, and I'd get sick thinking it's almost my turn to have to stand up and tell what I did over the summer. I'm going to tell you something when Jesus saved my soul, there was something happened to me that excited me beyond measure. Amen. Amen. I wished, I wished, I can't go back and turn back time, but I wished from the time he saved me that I would have got on fire for him. I really do. I really do. I got saved, got backslid, just kind of done what I wanted to do. But there was a condemnation that would come over me because I was one of his. And when I'd do wrong, my mama didn't have to tell me I was doing wrong. But God let me know it. Amen. Amen. But I got to studying on it. And I said, I'm not going to live forever. And I saw people my age that were that were dying. I said, not going to live forever. It's time, Brother Bo, to get up and about the Father's business. And the only regret that I've got is that I didn't do it a long time ago. Amen. 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 Going public. Going public. I might have mentioned this not long ago, but it's come to my mind again. Y'all remember Farrah Fawcett? And, and, and she had everything money could buy, had fame, had good looks, and she had everything. And she got struck with cancer. And to her credit, she wanted the public to see what cancer does and what chemo and radiation does to the human body. And she invited cameras to watch her in her dying day. Bless her heart, she'd go to throw it up from all the chemo. And they'd say, you want to turn the cameras off? She said, no. She said, I want to go public with what happens to somebody who gets this sick. She wasn't very pretty to look at at that time. She shaved her head. She couldn't hardly speak. Her cheeks were sunk in. Her pretty teeth didn't look pretty anymore. She said, I'm dying. And I want the public to see death. Well, I sure wish she would have said, I found Jesus. I can wait on that. I can wait on that. She went public with what's private for most people. Amen. Sometimes Belinda tells me that I go public sometimes with things that need to be kept right. And I'm gonna tell you something today. When it comes to the Lord, I just can't hold it. I can't. I can't. The psalmist here, when he was discussing this, when he when he was writing this down, he talked about deliverance from being in prison. He talked about being healed from sickness. He was covering yeah. every one of these things. He even said that some were at their wits' end. You ever heard somebody say, I'm at my wits' end? That means they've done everything they know to do to correct the problem, and they just, they just can't do nothing with you. He can go beyond wits' end today. 
The psalmist covered. He covered people in prison. He covered people with sickness. He covered people with hunger. Amen. And thirst. And then he went on to talk about the mariners that went out on the sea, the merchant men that went out there. And, and, and not many of the Jewish people at this time uh, were merchant men, but there was a lot of them around them that were. And he talked about how they got out there and the storm would come and their ship would start going way up in the air and way down and fear would set upon them, amen. And they would begin to get in fear and they would call out to God, amen, for help in their trouble. Yes. The Bible says he's a very present help in a time of trouble. Amen. The psalmist was encouraging these people to praise the Lord about this stuff. Yeah. Don't keep it private. Tell somebody about it. Amen. Amen. You've heard folks say, I used to be the most terrible thing ever was. But he done something to my heart. Amen. <laughs> And he gave me something new. Amen. And now I just want to go public with it today. I'm fixing to close. But I'd like for you to think about yourself, your relationship with God. I'm afraid today that the reason that a lot of folks don't go public with their salvation is they don't have a salvation to go public with. That's sad. That's sad. Bobby, it hurts me to know that I've got close friends that I'm not sure whether they're whether they got it or not. While I was trying to study this morning, I was getting texts. Hey, can you pick up birds this afternoon? Can you do this? Can you do that? And every one of them that were texting me couldn't give a flip about church. And evidently couldn't give a flip about whether I was studying for church or not. I told them plainly, I said, please, don't harass me on Sunday. They forgot. I'm going to tell you something, if they'll ever get, if they'll ever get Jesus Christ down in their heart, and if they got Jesus Christ, if they would get where Jesus Christ wants them to be, amen, instead of calling me and texting me with their problems on Sunday morning, they'll be over at the house of God praying for their pastor, won't they? Amen? Amen. Let me say this, you be getting us a song ready, Brother Wayne. The church that I pastored before I came over here in Shady Grove, over close to where Brother Bo and Sister Linda live. And we had a fellow in the church, he was our Sunday school superintendent. And I was able to get close to just about everybody in the church. But there was, with him, there was a little wall there. Just a little wall there. Sometimes he struggled when he would be trying to conduct a devotion. You could tell he was struggling with it. 
And I would try to, he loved me, he did. But whenever you tried to get close to him, find out a little something about him, he put up a wall, put up a wall. His wife was not anywhere near that way. She was pretty, she was pretty open. And I thought, I am going to get somehow or another. I've been there for several months. And I said, I'm somehow or another going to get close to him. I'm going to, I'm going to figure him out. And I started hearing things come from some of the church members, and they didn't want to burden me. They said, he's, he's got some issues. But they wouldn't tell me what it was. Oh, well, he's got some issues and he's having problems. Why do you got him in the insurance That was my first question. <clears throat> but nevertheless, I went on and I went on. I tried, I invited him and his wife. I said, how about y'all letting us take you out to eat somewhere? We'll go somewhere to eat and kind of get to and uh, he said, boy, that sounds good. We'll do that. But always at the last minute, something came up. He got to where he was coming to church about every other Sunday. And uh, I'd ask the congregation, I said, what, what, what's, what's the deal with Brother Danny? He's just got some issues. Just pray for him. Just pray for him. Well, I've already been doing that. I kind of need to know what his issues are if I'm going to know how to approach him. One Sunday we came to church. He wasn't there. His wife was there. I said, Danny, sick? Just pray for him. He's got some issues. After church, I... We left, headed home, <clears throat> and I got to about Friday's crossing. My phone rang, and I answered the phone, and I heard a very distressed, panicked female voice on the other end scream. He's dead, he's dead, he's dead. And I didn't know who she was talking about. I knew who it was calling, but I didn't know who she was talking about. Didn't know who was dead, didn't know why. I said, calm down just a minute and tell me what you're trying to tell me. He's dead. And I can't remember whether she told me he killed himself or not, but I remember looking to Belinda and I said, this is Christy and she's in a panic. You're telling me somebody's dead. And I said, Christy, are you at home? She couldn't get herself together enough to tell me whether she was home or not. I said, are you at home? And finally I got a yes, and I turned the car around, and we headed back to Holly Ball. When we got there, a bunch of cars ganged around the house there, paramedics, ambulance. Danny had taken and put a belt around his head and tied it around the ceiling fan and jumped off the bed. And that's how they found him on that Sunday afternoon after they got home from church. Danny was holding something in. The devil 
got on me about why do you try harder to get to know him? Why do you try harder than you did to, to get involved in his life? He left us a note to his family that I just couldn't take it anymore. Come to find out, the hush-hush thing that they were keeping from their pastor was a, a drug problem that he had. I found out he was so addicted to drugs that he would steal from people. He would steal from anybody to get what he could get. And here we were putting him behind the bookboard on Sunday morning for him to conduct a devotion in the church. I said that to say this. Sometimes some personal things need to be made public. Amen? Yes. Sometimes some personal things need to be made public. There wasn't a doubt in my mind he was saved. The boy would cry when he talked about the Lord. He would read the devotions. He would expound on it. But he had a problem that he needed to come clean with. I'm going to tell you something today. Anything that we're trying to hide, I believe everybody here, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers. But if we've got something that we're trying to, the devil will tell us it will smooth over over a period of time. You ever have a problem at work and you just ignore it, hoping that it'll go away? Chances are when you ignore it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. When a church ignores that they have a, uh, and thank God, uh, uh, we hadn't had any over here since I've been here, as far as I know. But when a church has an issue of something in the church that the congregation knows about, But we stick our head in the sand hoping it'll go away. It ain't gonna go away. That don't happen. <clears throat> a blister festers and festers and festers. Amen. An open wound cut that doesn't have attention to it, it festers. It's it worse and worse and worse. Go in public with a private thing. Today. If everybody will stand, amen. You give us a song. 356. 356.
people around there and the naysayers could not understand how in the world doctors had tried their best to restore the sight to this young man and they had failed. And they asked him, they said, who did this? They were probably thinking, what great doctor did you see, eye surgeon that did this? Amen. Go pray. Amen. And, and uh, he said, a man named Jesus took spittle, clay, and spit into it, and said, you put it on my eyes. <laughs> And he said, now I can see. They told him, they said, praise God, give the credit to God. This man talking about Jesus, he's a sinner. This blind man told him, said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know is wherein I was blind, now I see. <laughs> got to doubting that he was even blind to begin with. Amen? And they went to his parents over there and they said, uh, uh, they said, tell us about this boy. Is this your son? Was he born blind? They said, this is our son and he was born blind. We know that. But he said, how he sees, we don't know. Because see, if you confess Jesus, you wasn't very popular in the church. That was grounds for excommunication. So they said, we don't know how to see the sign. We're just glad he did. I tell you what, he couldn't help but praise God. That's right. He couldn't help but praise God. It's high time we tell somebody about God's guidelines. Experiences. If it wasn't for experiences that we have, we wouldn't have nothing to tell anybody. Amen. How close have you come to being in an automobile accident? Brother Ricky, that I didn't have to preach a leg. 
Somebody got up, told about what God done for them. Amen. Got in the spirit. All of a sudden, somebody else popped up, told what they done for them. And before you know it, we was going to meeting, and the preacher could just sit over here and eat till his belly was full. Amen. 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 God bless you. Let's sing that second.